Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Sports Complex. Afternoons 5 to 7. Woo! Hell yeah! On the horn. Sports Complex here on a Wednesday afternoon. On the show today, we'll talk some more Texas football as we start to get ready for Big 12 Conference play. What the Big 12 Conference means this year. What the conference, the challenges of playing the Big 12 Conference and Baylor and all of that. We'll get into that. We'll start getting into this week's game. We'll get into that uh, today. We will get into some more NFL talk. A little bit more about the Cowboys. Dan Quinn spoke to me the other day. I list was listening to that today. Found some good stuff in there. Uh, the craziness that's happening with the Bears and some of these other teams that are having some issues with coaching. We'll get into that as well. Talk about the top, the best 0-2 teams, the worst 2-0 teams. And, of course, getting into all of your text. 512-337-3776. 3776 You guys drive the show. So whatever you guys want to talk about, we'll keep talking about here on the Sports Complex. Of course, a bunch of day games that are happening. It is not Mango Fish Trap. That is uh, the heebie-jeebies. Good call, though. Good pull there. I like it. like someone who likes Austin Music out there. Uh, that is the heebie-jeebies, though, which is now the ADH Project. Eddie Hernandez is doing that, so you can check out what they're doing now, ADH Project. Uh, the intro music, the heebie-jeebies, though. Uh, the baseball did happen earlier. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But all your baseball games have already happened. Uh, in the AL West, all the games we care about, if you're an Astros or a Rangers fan, all of those have already happened. Uh, so we'll talk a little MLB, too, if we get time to get there. Uh, but it is time to talk a little bit more about Texas football as we get into the reality of playing Big 12 conference football, playing a Baylor team, getting to the point of you had three games. Of course, you had the huge Alabama game week two that you were really trying to be on point. You Everything was you need to win that game. That was, as Stark put it, a benchmark game. It's a game that you're really trying to make sure you're in the right place as a team that you can progress and what, what, where your goals need to be for this season. And you, the way you played against Alabama at Tuscaloosa, that's a big difference too. You went to Tuscaloosa. You were able to play a big road game and come out where you know you were able to quiet a crowd that does not get quieted very often. All of those things are positives that you're able to say, okay, now as we go into it, we know we're playing in all hostile conditions. Every road game Texas goes to, the the stadiums are going to be smaller, but the crowds are going to be vicious. They do not like Texas, and they do not like Texas a lot more now because of whatever reason, and 
And, and and look, I've I've long been the Texas fan to try and talk reason into people about that it's not about wins and losses, it's about money. And it's always been about money, and you can't compete with the money. So why why are we having this discussion? I'm not saying that our team's better than yours. I'm saying that we make more money. And that's what people wanted. That's that's what this is all based on. So I it's not a world where it's, you know, everything's fair. So I get it. Baylor may have had a better team. I don't think they do this year. But in the past years, they may have. But you're not going to bring in the revenue share, which is why TV companies don't care about you as much. That's why there's Longhorn Network. Because you guys want, everybody wanted a clean, even split of a network that only Longhorn fans are going to pay for. So that's why it is what it is. But that not being with that, 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 that withstanding, whatever. Getting into going to these games, trying to get yourself set up to where you need to be, there is still improvements that need to be made. We've talked about K-State, K-State losing the game to Missouri. K-State is a team that you've seen over the past few years, been a team that has progressed throughout the season, not regressed. And Texas, to, to an extent, has not regressed wholly throughout a season, but we've seen pieces of Texas start to fall apart. We've seen play calling start to get a little too predictable and then too erratic. So, you know, you get into where every defense knows what Sark is doing, and then when he figures out that they know what he's doing, he then switches it up too much that he's throwing the ball too much, too many deep balls, too much trying to make hero ball, which you don't want to do if you're Texas. You don't you don't want to get into hero ball if you're a team that needs to be in the lead. If you you're you're front running great right now. You're doing great in the front run. So good with that. So we'll so you need to figure out with Texas what are the things we still need to improve upon. And you've seen glimpses. We saw glimpses of the deep ball game, of the deep balls that that that's Quinn can throw against Alabama. Now you're going to see more three high looks, more things that are going to make it more difficult to get those kind of looks. You have to you have to build in your balance of your game and build in that Jonathan Brooks, CJ Baxter when he comes back. I know he's I think he's starting to feel better. We'll get more hear more from Sark tomorrow uh, where CJ Baxter is in his recovery if he's going to be ready to go. But you need to build up that kind of get that run game flowing the way it is in the fourth quarter a little bit earlier. It may not be in the first couple drives. It may take it a little bit of time for your O line to start winning those battles. But you need to establish that run game a little bit earlier in the first half to make that defense make the adjustments and come up. You need to be able to find more passing in the intermediate. It's difficult. Those throws are pretty hard. There, it's you know we see a lot of uh, quarterbacks. There's issues of you know Dak Prescott has trouble reading safeties. Some quarterbacks have trouble reading linebackers, and when you get in that intermediate. You know, a linebacker may be just sitting in the space. A safety may be sitting in the space. So there's, I get there's issues. But if you want to be a team that's, the goal is where we want to go, where Texas wants to go, you need to figure out your passing game struggles. So if we want to say one of the things you need to build on is it's great that the running game's there. I gave you numbers in the NFL yesterday, and we'll talk, we can talk about them again. That teams that run the ball, that have run the ball more than they passed it in the first two weeks are 16-1. and one. They're 16-1. and one. Doesn't mean everything. You still have to throw the ball. If you don't have a pass game, your run game's not going to be there. Because we've seen that with, with Carolina and we've seen that with Houston, that they can't, that they're throwing the ball enough, but everyone's still focusing on the run game. You've got to have both. You have to have both. There has to be balance. But the passing game has to get going, so you want to be able to draw that running game early because everybody's going to set out, if you're playing against Texas, to stop the pass. Everybody knows until Sark changes his M.O., Everyone's going to keep trying to go out and stop the pass. 
So you have to go out and try and run the ball early. Run the ball early against against Baylor and open up that passing game as opposed to what Sark appreciates doing. What Sark's favorite thing to do is get some early outside passes, not even deep passes, but get you know screen passes, little short passes to the outside, kind of get Quinn Ewers in a rhythm early, which is great, but not necessarily letting his offensive line start to dominate where I think they should be able to dominate in Baylor. Here's Sark on Monday talking about the passing game struggles and where they need to start working to figure this stuff out going forward. You have a full season to really get to where you need to be, but you need to start figuring out your passing game struggles. I think just every aspect of the passing game needs to improve. You know, it just we felt like we just weren't we weren't as sharp. You know, we had a protection breakdown in there. Um, didn't have the best play calls predicated on what the coverages were. I think Quinn could have could have probably made a couple throws that he normally would make. So everybody kind of took their turn. And that's, again, that's not to make excuses. We all have to be better. And, and that, you know, again, you think passing game, you think play call, and you think quarterback. And most notably, you, both of us need to be better. Um, but I think everybody else needs to be better as well. And so we all got to take responsibility uh, of that. Uh, and we're going to need our passing game as we know. And so, again, I'm not going to let one game kind of knock me off my rocker on this one. Um, we were really good throwing the ball for two weeks, especially in week two. Um, it wasn't as clean as we wanted to. The lucky part for us, we have a run game that we can lean in on, a defense that can we can count on in special teams. Um, but we'll, we'll get that fixed, and, and we'll go out and, and play much better in the passing game this week. And so we know Sark is going to go out and try and pass the ball again. But you have to set up that run, get that run set, and depending on what Baylor is going to give you, we assume Baylor is going to try and stop the deep ball. We assume they're going to try and confuse Quinn yours because it's your best shot to win, and you're – you know, if you're going to load up in the box, and we saw Wyoming did it. Wyoming looked at the rice tapes. Wyoming did it as well. Wyoming's a great run defense, and they decided to forgo the run defense to try and mess with Sark and, and, and Quinn Ewers. So we can assume that Baylor's going to do it too. They may not. They may change up everything. They may just try and blitz the quarterback, run stop, and, you know, just have a, a great front seven and let, and let Quinn Ewers try and beat him man-to-man, which if I, I wouldn't do. That's not something I would do. Quinn is a good enough quarterback. He can beat a lot of teams man-to-man. So you want to put different views out there. You want to give him different looks so that he's going to have a little bit more problems. But on those, there's two parts of this game that we're going to play sounds of that are kind of the big things for Texas, and it's slow starts and it's early downs. So this is when you get out there and when getting the crowd, getting the the fans, getting the team, getting everybody on the same page. On home games, you got to get the fans out there. On and away games, you have to be able to say the fans are going to be going crazy on the other team. We have to then step up. We have to have, not have pre-snap penalties early in these downs that are going to push us back. Slow starts have been a thing for Sark. And he has really good scripts. He's In the past, we've talked about how good his his uh, opening scripts have been. But even in those opening scripts that we all liked, usually that first series wasn't great. It always seems to be a feeling out process for him. He seems to be throwing some things at the wall, hoping that the team will be able to come through. And it doesn't always work. But once you have that first one, and we saw against Alabama what he did, was he played really a high percentage stuff early. It was able to work. They didn't get a ton of plays off, but they were able to see the ball go into the hands. They were able to see progress against an Alabama defense. I think you want to see that kind of thing against Baylor. Here's Sark talking about the slow starts, what you got to do to start fixing them. Some of it is we just haven't finished some drives. You know, we've had pretty good drives early in the games, um, and we've gotten ourselves into the red area, and we haven't. 
we haven't finished those drives. You know, I mean, most notably, I mean, you think about the Alabama game. We we were moving it. We just weren't we weren't punching it in the end zone. And so finishing those drives, I think, is important. Um, you know, the other night that that second drive was a ninety yard drive. That it just took us a while. <laughs> I think that's the part that sometimes frustrates us too, because we're so used to kind of getting yards in chunks and and punching it in. That sometimes when you have to be a little bit more methodical, there's nothing wrong with that. We shouldn't feel disappointed going 90 yards and scoring a touchdown. But in the end, it's, it's owning the openers and owning our game plan. And, um, you know, again, we have a veteran team that really tries to do what we ask of them to do on the offensive side of the ball. And, again, we've placed a lot of emphasis on finishing in the fourth quarter and making adjustments. I got to make sure we, we don't – we got to swing that pendulum back a little bit of owning these openers and, and starting the way we're capable of starting. And that's what you say, starting the way you're capable of starting. And also in this, he talks about the 90-yard drives and, and how it's kind of slow and meticulous and you get there. You've got to embrace that early in these games because you're taking the fans out early, you're, especially on road games. The more you can just slow it down and take it. I know you want to play up-tempo. You want to go out there and express the things that you can do. And you may need to do it. You may need to switch. I don't think that opening drive is necessarily the one that you need to go out there and get after. Because once you get in that opening drive, the players aren't necessarily on the field going to figure out and make the adjustments in-game on the first drive while they're still out there. The coaches are going to be trying to make it. They're going to be trying to put it in. But it's a little bit harder to do on that first drive. Now once you get in the second, now when you can start to go tempo, now when you can throw some different looks at them, it can help out a little bit more. But going in that first series, that's slow. You just need to get the ball and start moving it down the field. It's not... The exciting, it's not the the most fun, it's not the sexy. But we don't need to be sexy this year. Sexy is winning. Everybody knows that. And I know the recruits, you've got them on and, and you know getting these wide receivers, getting the quarterbacks, getting everybody else, that's the start game plan and what he does. And if you play super boring, you're playing Jimbo Fisher, you don't want to do that either. You don't want to go full the other route. You can do interesting things running it and throwing it and creating different protections. But what you want to do is what you want to end up doing is starting off these games, getting them a little bit easier for you, getting a little bit easier of a head start instead of trying to get that chunk yardage in those first couple of plays when when something doesn't go wrong, just kind of accepting it and moving slowly a little bit to start these games. Because I feel it's been a problem for Sark is he gets ahead of himself a little bit that he expects play one to work. And when play one doesn't necessarily work, two and three are already set up that only work if play one works. A little bit more flexibility in that opening script, at least for that first drive. Because once he gets in that second drive, he's usually really good. And it's been not great on week three, especially week one wasn't great either. But usually once he gets going, that second drive starts to look a little bit better. Having a little bit more flexibility in that opening drive, and especially early down efficiency. That is going to be a huge factor as Texas continues on this season is early down efficiency. Is Texas going to be able to get into positions where Sark's playbook opens up? Because we talk about third down, we don't have third and longs. But a second and five, a second and, you know, or if a second and five and anything less than five really opens up your playbook that you are now able to get into that, and especially now that Sark is more into four-down territory and he is more into a four-down uh, coach, that he is he's open to it. He hasn't had great results so far, but he's more open to it. Here's Sark talking about early-down efficiency and its importance. Well, you know, I think, one, we're a better team 
when we're really efficient on first down. And, and that's probably true for everybody. You know, I, I don't know. Um, but when we're good on first down, generally we almost avoid third downs uh, because first, second down, first, second down, first, second down. But also when you win on first down, it gives you much more manageable third downs to win with. And, you know, when we get ourselves in trouble is when we, we, we put ourselves in third and long situations and, and right now, that's just not quite a strength of ours. We need to get it to become a strength of ours, but we're not quite there yet. So we need to be really efficient on early downs. And when we can do, we can create some momentum that way, and we can really start sequencing plays in a manner to where the guys understand what's coming next and what's coming next. And so, um, you know, again, that, that's why our base game plan is so important to us and the guys understand it and understand our openers. Um, I touched on it the other night. You know, we, we're we're so proud of what we're doing in the fourth quarter right now, and from where we were the last two years, it's great. But man, we got to get back to being a really good team that starts fast and starts well and owns that game plan, which is something that was kind of a, uh, a trademark of ours for the first couple of years. So that's going to be a big point of emphasis this week of, of make sure we get back to owning the game plan and and being efficient earlier in the game and not having to wait uh, till the fourth quarter. And that early down efficiency, that's really what it is. And I think part of this goes to Sark, that if you're calling pass plays, even quick out pass plays, something like that, make sure Quinn has a couple of options to get the ball out quickly, to get the ball out and get a couple yards, but make sure it's a completion. Make sure if the defense you know, comes out and as soon as he snaps the ball, the defense shifts into something he's not expecting to see it because the defense is showing him something he read incorrectly. He's still a young player that he has another side. If he can look to the other side and say, okay, I got an out. I got, uh, you know, C.J. Baxter on the other side and kick two. Or J.T. Sanders bust out on the other side. So this was supposed to go to X-Man, but I got J.T. Sanders on the other side and I can kind of find him. Or I got a slant route with Jay Witt or something where I can just get four or five yards. I don't need a ton. So even if the, if the eight-yard route isn't working, give me that four-yard route. And I know it kind of bunches up. I know all those things. It's And Sark knows all this. <laughs> Believe me, he knows all this. But it's a question of... Can you get the plays early, set up in a way that the game plan is achievable as much as he says sticking to it, you don't want to force it because one of the things Quinn Ewers has done very well this year is not turn the ball over. You want to continue that trend, especially as you get into Big 12 play and especially as we get into the world where we know what Big 12 play is going to be this year. I'm not saying that it's going to be outlandish as some people have claimed. This is the all gas, no excuses year. So I don't want to, I'm not going to come out and say it anyway that I think that it's going to be an extra emphasis more than it was last year. I think holding calls are going to be, you know, a little bit lighter. I think it's going to be, you know, pass interference or, you know, defensive holding. You know, you can get away with a little bit more. I don't think they're going to call a bunch of penalties on us that are unearned. And I don't think they're going to, you know, not call plays that are penalties that are very outlandish on the other team. But I think those little borderline ones may, some, the majority of them may not go. So maybe 60%, 40%. Not, but you got to be able to play through that. Because the Big 12's been struggling. This isn't a Big 12 year where everyone, we go walk out and say everyone, it's a gauntlet and oh man, how good are all these big, we can beat all these Big 12 teams. Rice beat one, Wyoming beat one, we can beat all of them. But Texas needs to understand how to play through. Sark did talk about the Big 12 struggles. And if he was able to see, you know, how these teams are, you know, having issues this year, if it changes your viewpoint of the Big 12. Because, you know, as much as you want to complain, Hey, I, we think that Brett Yormark's out for us. We know the refs may not have our back, and 
you know, it could be an uphill battle. The same part, you can't pick a better year for Texas to be at the point where they're at in the Big 12. You can't pick a better year to have an uphill battle against against the Big 12 because they have been struggling. Here's Sark when he was asked about how much of the Big 12 struggles he's seen. He hasn't seen all of them, but he's seen some. I, I haven't I haven't had a chance enough to watch everybody. You know, I see the scores, um, but I, I haven't had a chance enough to watch, you know, the, the, the reasoning behind it. You know, obviously – I think we found out, you know, Wyoming's a pretty good team. So I, you know, I get an understanding of the of the Tech game there, of what that looks like. Um, you know, I, but but what's happening in the Big Twelve? I don't know. I know we got good coaches and there's good players and tough environments to play in. And um, you know, I, I think sometimes we assume certain teams are supposed to be good. Um, but you know, I look up. I know Kansas is three zero. So, you know, I know Kansas State, I did catch a uh, glimpse of that. That was a tough loss on the road against an SEC team on a 61-yard field goal. So, you know, at the end, we know we're going to get everybody's best shot. Um, but, but, you know, we'll have to analyze each team as we go as the closer we get to them. You're going to get everybody's best shot, but that best shot is different than it has been in different years. You're not playing TCU last year that was, that was playing at a different level. K-State even looks like they're not at the same level they were at last year. Oklahoma's going to be there. Oklahoma's going to put up a fight, but we don't know really what Oklahoma is. That SMU score is somewhat deceiving. That was a much closer game. That's the only game they played against a reasonable opponent. So we haven't seen them against somebody that's a better opponent. So we don't know a ton about Oklahoma yet. We know Kansas is 3-0. We know they played pretty well. But are they going to be world beaters? Are we, are we now at the point that Kansas is the biggest threat to Texas? Besides Oklahoma, are we at that point? So this is the year. This is the year. And I get you're going to go out against it. But you just went to Tuscaloosa. And as much as you want to, you know, naysay whatever about Alabama and, and their team and their ability, they got better players than anyone in the Big 12 does, the player-wise. Now, they may not have the best game plan. They may have not had, you know, the best quarterback. They may not have had some other things. But overall talent on a roster that any Big 12 team would basically shift their roster for that roster and any coach would do it in a heartbeat because they know the talent that's on that team. And you're in a bigger arena, a bigger stadium. Brian Denny Stadium is bigger than DKR. holds more people than DKR, only by 1,000 or so, but it does hold more. Its capacity is more. So if we're going to say the capacity of – you're playing in a DKR in, in SEC country, or you're going to go play in a smaller place, it'll be loud. It'll be great. The atmosphere in Waco is going to be great. We know what the atmosphere is going to be. It's going to be ready for college football. But the Big 12 environment this year is yours for the taking as long as you don't make excuses. As long as you don't allow excuses to stockpile. As long as a non-called holding doesn't make you not rush the passer. As long as you don't compound things into false starts and penalties on yourself. As long as you don't get in your own head, you'll be fine. And as long as you don't let the fans get in your head. Sark talked about the Big 12 environment this year and understanding what you're walking into week in and week out and what it's going to be playing in the Big 12 this year. Well, I think we just need to understand what we're walking into. You know, we're going to walk, we're going to go into Baylor here Saturday night on the road. Um, it's been well documented that as of right now, the last time we're, we're, we're going to play Baylor, last time we're going to go there. And so we understand the environment we're walking into, and, and we can't be fearful of that. You know, we, we have to embrace it. We got to, we got to walk in there and, and be ourselves and play our brand of football but understand what we're going into. And so, you know, I do think that's part of it. I do think, you know, as, as a lot of these games and, and 
historical games are going to come to a close this season, um, now more than ever are their horns down, right? Now more than ever are there, you know, who cares about Texas? Let's, uh, let's, let's take one more shot at them on the way out. And so we can't sit here and, and be a punching bag. You know, we, we got to walk in there and we have to be in attack mode. Um, and, and we have to make sure that, um, you know, we're built for the environment. And I think we've proven that to ourselves now over kind of the last couple of road games that we've had and uh, no more than, than going to Alabama and, and embracing that environment. So uh, we're going to have to do the same Saturday night. Yeah, you have to embrace it. Again, you're you're the win. You're the team. You're the favorite every week. This isn't, and you know, you can say it's uphill because of the refs, but it's not. You can say it's uphill because you're last year and people are coming at you, but it's not. It's not really any different than a lot of other years. Because you know what? In other years, those a lot of those refs still didn't like you. A lot of those refs were still not fans of Texas or Oklahoma. They weren't fans knowing that these schools were spending more money. They weren't necessarily fans that. They, you know, some of them may have been, and those guys will still be. So you just have to understand, you know, I don't think the refs are going to be as big of a factor as they've been in the past. I think last year we saw what it's going to be. The main thing you're going to see is they're going to call less holds on other teams. That, I think, is going to be your main concern is borderline calls that are borderline for every team are going to stay a little bit more on the side of not being called. But that's okay. Embrace it. Embrace all of that. Understand that everything you do means more now because if you can go through and say, well, I know I'm getting held and I still got two sacks in a game, it means more. Embrace it. Embrace it, the horns down, because they want to play you again, because they need you. Embrace all of that, and you'll be just fine. It's Texas' year to do it, and we'll see what they come out and look like early, early in possessions, early in the start, all those things we'll see. But this is this is a long season, and you have to keep progressing throughout it. Beating Baylor isn't the end. Beating Alabama wasn't the end. Getting through 3-0 and for the first time since 2012 definitely wasn't the end. We've said we know that team lost four or five games, 2012. So it doesn't matter. It'll get us to Patrick's Big Fat Poll today. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day on the Horn. Poll of the Day today. Join the conversation. 512-337-3776. 512-337-3776 is the text line. Joining the conversation. Poll of the day. Texas still needs to improve some things. Texas still needs to work. There's still some factors. We know the passing game. We know O-line play. Clean up penalties. Maybe it's, you know, making sure to stay in front of not allowing the big plays out. They've been doing a lot of good things on defense, but a couple big plays, you know, you can't have those happen in closer games when you get down to the season. Maybe it's wide receivers catching. Maybe it's uh, just running the ball in the first half, we'll say, because they look good in the fourth quarter in two games now. What facet of play, poll today, what facet of play do you most want to see improve this week for Texas? What facet of Texas play do you most want to see improve this week? Is it O-line play? Is it running play? Is it passing play? Is it play calling? Is it something on the defense? Is it something I'm not mentioning? Is there something, is there a player that you want to see, that I want to see the most improvement out of them? Do we want to see more out of DJ Campbell? Now that we know there's injuries, do, do we want to see one of the younger guys step up? Do we want to see Anthony Hill continue to progress? Had a great game against Alabama. Not a great game against Wyoming. Missed his assignments a few times. Went a little too far sometimes. Happens. He's young. Tell us what you think. 512-337-3776 is the text line. 
What facet of Texas play this week do you most want to see improved? Where do you want it? Where are you looking watching this game against Baylor, saying we're going to handle Baylor? We're going to go and play. We get that. We're all watching for them to win, but we want to see improvement because we want this team to go far. We did the poll yesterday, asking how many games they were going to lose. Love you guys. Zero, zero got got the biggest vote. One was second. A couple of y'all voted for three. I'm glad no one commented four. I was getting ready, ready, ready to fight with somebody. If they said four, but three. We'll get to your text. We'll get to more. We're going to talk about uh, stopping Baylor. Some of that coming up here on the Sports Complex on the Horn, 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on The Horn. Hi there. I'm on my way, I'm making it. I've got to make it show. So much larger than life. Sports Complex here on the Horn on a Wednesday afternoon. Theme of the week, playing songs about big. Getting the Big 12 Conference play. Getting ready for Baylor on Saturday. Big 12 Conference play, so we're saying big songs all week long. Like big time from Peter Gabriel right there. Love the text coming in. 512-337-3776. 512-337-3776 is the text line. The question we're asking today, what facet of Texas play do you want to most see improved this week? What do you want to see? What's the thing you, you're watching the most to see improved? We'll love the text. We'll get to those in just a minute. And anything else you want to talk about? Anything else Texas football, Dallas, Dallas Cowboys, Houston Astros, Houston Texans, all that stuff. We can talk about it. We can talk about it. We can talk about the Thursday night football game, any of that. Got fantasy football. I'm not any good at fantasy football. I'll tell you that. I have opinions. Not any good. But I, I want to talk more about Baylor and Texas right now. And we're going to play some sound from uh, Ian Robbie this morning. I'll hook him up. Uh, but it's about the defense. The Texas defense has been playing very well lately. They've they've had good game plans. They've been able to uh, force what they've wanted out of teams. They've been able to get teams to kind of go against the game plan they thought was coming. PK has been playing very well as we now get into Big 12 play. We know PK struggled his first year. Uh, figuring out how Big 12 offenses were running. He was able to work with uh, work with other coaches last year. He was able to work with Gary Patterson last year and you know learn more about what teams in the Big 12 kind of play and how to play defense against them. But we're coming into year three and see if what he's learned, how he's able to keep it growing. And you're going as a Baylor team. 
that Aranda is supposed to be a defensive guy. This offense has not looked really good. You have a backup quarterback coming into the game now. Blake Shapin's not going to play. So you should be able to handle this. But if you get too excited and you think you can do too much, we saw what happened early against Wyoming when they put in a backup quarterback and they put in a running back who hadn't played. And they were able to get they were able to get on the board early. You don't want to see that. It's one of the things, one of the few things you can say about this Texas football, the Texas defense that needs to be cleaned up is early stopping teams early, making sure that you know that you give the offense the first chance to score, even if they have to punt the ball once. That you come out and you start out strong on defense. Now they finished strong. They played well in between strong. The first drive, so we're just saying that. And one of the parts of that that my guys Ian Robby bring up is winning early in possessions because you put quarterbacks that aren't the top-tier quarterbacks, and you start putting them in situations that are not the standard, not what they game plan for, not what they practice for all week, and it becomes a lot easier to play defense. Here's a clip from hooking up with Ian Rob Beag. Happens every morning right here at 6 to 11, right here on the horn, talking about Rob Babers breaking down why it's so important to slow down Baylor on early possessions. All right, let's get to uh, some Texas Baylor discussion. I think the biggest, um, or at least my top, at least the, my top issue, the one thing I'm looking for uh, in this game versus Baylor, and I think Texas um, right now two touchdown. A tie probably knows. Is it more than a two touchdown favorite? I honestly don't know yet. Okay, it is. it's fourteen it, and a half. It was yeah. See, it Ooh. was like and thirteen and a half, and I think it's growing. Wait, before you you get your no go ahead. For, for for doesn't it feel like it should be if you just look at the numbers of these teams it should be more. Yeah, but I think they're expecting Baylor to pull up a hell of a fight. I and, know. and Texas. I'm just saying if you see yes. that number, you're like, wait a second. Versus the number three team in the country? With a backup quarterback who gets <laughs> yeah. Long Island through for 113 yards. He's thrown for one touchdown and three picks this year. I don't disagree. He was that. dreadful against Utah. Yeah. But uh, uh, well, you will admit, Wyoming had a backup quarterback in there too and played with Texas for three quarters. That's, that's very At true. Home. 100% true. And I think that's what makes it like, yeah, Texas is, they want those teams like, we, it's really tough to predict Texas because they haven't necessarily been like said, a four quarter dominant team. Um, they have these, you talk about, they have these, these spurts where they can put a team away because they, they kind of just, Catch fire, explosive, right? They, yeah, they talk, and that's they, what Baylor is not. Category five explosivity. Baylor, right? Baylor is completely not explosive, mm. right? They're, 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 gosh, they ran the ball fifty times last week against Long Island. And, well, that's to hide Sawyer Robertson. Yes, right? you hide, got, you're trying yeah, to hide you got, your quarterback. You got to hide that guy a little bit. Uh, but uh, and since we're talking about Sawyer Robertson, we can start there. I just think if Texas is able to get him in third and long, that's how was it Svoboda? Uh, Svoboda. Svoboda. Svoboda, yeah, uh, I, I can't say his name correctly. Now I apologize. Svoboda, yeah, Svoboda. There you go. Um, he he actually stayed out of third and long for Wyoming, and that was the key. He was only in third and long. I they think they managed four, that game very well. Yes, Wyoming did four times that I counted. And third and long is third and seven plus. Um, I counted third and long four times total. That's manageable, like you said, manage the game for for even a an average to below average quarterback. That's manageable because the throws that you're going to have to make to convert aren't the the di- the degree of difficulty, right? In very high, right? You're talking about slants, you're talking about quick outs, which is what Wyoming threw a lot of quick outs. These are throws that quarterbacks warm up with every day, <laughs> uh, and they're relatively easy easier throws, high percentage throws. If Texas doesn't put Sawyer Robertson in third and long more to, than four times, that could be a problem. 
All right, that means Baylor is winning first down, which is probably going to be the most important down defensively for Texas in this game versus Baylor. If they can win first down, and that's going to be key because in gap control is going to be big. They run a lot of zone. I mean, a ton of wide zone, inside zone. The key is with zone, you got to be gap sound. You, yes, you, you know, you can penetrate because sometimes they are actually encourage you to, right? Um, and they'll kind of use that momentum and that penetration against you because they'll just sweep you on by the action. Um, that's why you got to be gap sound against a team like Baylor. Otherwise, they'll break some big runs and they got some explosive athletes in the backfield too. So winning first down is key. You win first down, then you force them to second and long, third and long. And that's where they don't want Sawyer Robertson third long. That that's when the Texas pass rush can really tee off. So defensively, I do think that first down is going to be key. Offensively, I'm watching, and this is probably the top thing that I'm watching is what's the start for Sark, right? Sark now, I think he feels confident that all of his efforts in the offseason to get this team to focus on responding to adversity, making good adjustments in the second half, in the fourth quarter, that that's paying off. This team is a fourth quarter team, um, and we want them to be a four quarter team, but they're not very good in the first quarter anymore, which is what Longhorn fans have become accustomed to. So I want to see in this game what the opening script's going to look like for Sark now that that's become a point of criticism from Longhorn fans that the openings, and even he talked about it and addressed it in the post-game press conference, that the opening script is not as uh, prolific and is not as explosive as it was in previous years. But the fourth quarter is the the best fourth quarter uh, response we've seen from this team, uh, or at least for any Sark team since he's been here at Texas, and they're cultivating a bit of the uh, other clutch gene. So here's what I think Sark should do and what I think he will do. And I'm I'm doing some deeper dives in the numbers about it, but I think against Baylor, he comes out in heavier personnel. And I, you know, I, I listen. Sark loves eleven, which is one back, one tight end. He's got that full complement of those great wide receivers: X Man, Ad Mitchell, and Jay Witt, right? And those guys are. It's really tough to match up with those wide receivers. But it's it's interesting. I think the offense may do better starting out in heavier personnel in this matchup, and maybe in some other matchups. Remember against Bama, they start out in twelve personnel, one back, two tight ends. They just go empty formation. They present a power package and they pivot to past principles. I think versus Baylor, you give them pretty much the option. If you go 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends, and you can, that means you can run the football. If Baylor wants to, and Baylor has a good defensive line, if they want to match up with your heavier personnel with their rush, rush defense, then you can throw out of it. And you still have the advantage because your tight end is one of the best in the country and your two complement, your two wide receivers are really good. Uh, even if you can design and manipulate a one on one matchup, which Sark also does really well. That's essentially what Texas did a lot of versus Alabama. They came out in 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends. They threw the ball up close to 50 percent of the time versus Bama out of 12 personnel. Usually he's close to 30 something percent there. I think against Baylor, if they come out in their sub packages and they want to still play the pass when you got your heavier person out there, that's great. You can just run the ball because you'll have the numbers advantage in the run game like you did versus Wyoming. You ran the ball a ton versus Wyoming late to really seal that game. And you did it with 12 personnel. I think Sark may have been revealing something there that maybe his 12 personnel group is what he trusts to be able to run the football consistently. And I would say E versus Baylor, that may be the package you see early. Now, I think Sark will get into the the habit of 
you know, ending the game however he needs to, right? If he needs to break out 12 to do it or 11 to do it, he can do that. Um, but to start the game, I think he'll have to, it'll have to be based on the matchup week to week. And I think this matchup with Baylor, I would encourage Baylor to try to stop the run for Texas. If they don't, great. Shove it down their throat, let them choke on it. But if they, uh, <laughs> right, but, choke if, on right? Yeah, but if they, if they want to stop the run and go, man, they're coming out with heavier sets. Texas got the biggest O line in the Big 12. We got to stop the run against Texas and they match your heavy personnel. Great. That means one on one matchups on the outside for X Man or JT Sanders or an A.D. Mitchell, or whoever you put in there, Jay Witt. So that's that may be one of my ways, uh, E, to really juice the opening script. Start out heavy, but pivot to pass in the heavy personnel. Present them with their own, you know, pick your poison. Well, scenario. if you go back and watch, I mean, the Texas State game they lost, they gave up 42 points, and they're just – then the game that I would watch if you're watching film on Baylor is the Utah game. That's, that's as close as you're going to get to like athletes as far as – in the Baylor Bears, they're just not very talented, Rod. I mean, they're just not. There's nobody that like with Texas. Whatever you think of the Longhorns and whether they play up or down to people, you mm-hmm. see guys that just jump off the screen that are really talented, yes, right? They're just. Yep. Baylor doesn't have anybody really. You're like, you know, who who are these guys? I mean, they were they they tried to survive the Utah game until their quarterback Sawyer Robertson threw two fourth quarter interceptions that mm. were unforgivable. Yep. Um and they're going to try to win this game if they're going to win it with their defense, right? They're going to try to do what Wyoming did, shorten the game, play great Dave Aranda defense, challenge Texas, force them cuz the one thing Quinn Ewers hasn't done this year is turn the ball over. He's not turn of a problem. He's if, not one and, of those guys. Right. And yeah. if Texas doesn't turn the ball over in this game, I don't think this game will be very close. And if they turn it over, we all of a sudden you could have a close game in Waco. I just this Baylor team Dave Aranda has not done a good job of, of bringing in talent just based on what I've seen through three no. games so far. Uh, no, I totally agree with you. Um, and one, but the one thing I will say about Dave Aranda, he's a defensive mind. Sure he is. We don't know if he's a great head coach, a good head coach anymore because uh, it just hasn't, it seems like he did more with Matt Rule's players. And now that yes. he has been able to build it, you know, his way uh, and construct this roster his way, it seems like the program's progressing. But, um, he, he did expose Texas pass protection issues last year. Um, and he was able to do it with a, a really impressive pressure package. Um, and that's, you've heard me say it at, you know, ad nauseum about the amoeba fronts and the simulated pressures. That's why Baylor had five sacks last season. So he exposed Texas and pretty much provided other teams with the blueprint, uh, to how to pressure the, uh, Texas quarterback. And in this game, I'm wondering if he's going to bring back a lot of those concepts, which also Texas has struggled with a little bit this season, struggled in the Rice game with some of those concepts. Even Wyoming uh, brought him out there. I, I think he's going to add to those pressure packages, and you'll see him early and often if Texas is in predictable passing situations. If they can stay out of that by going heavy early on and playing a little bit of bully ball, um, and if they, you know, like I said, if they want to match you and try to combat encounter your bully ball great that means i'll get favorable matchups in the passing game um so i i think that's the way to kind of manipulate it uh, if you're sark no question no. no question some good stuff there from rob babers aaron hogan from hook him up with ian rob b definitely giving you more of a viewpoint of the what some of the biggest battles in this texas baylor game is we'll of course be getting into it more as the week goes on but uh yeah those early Early down matchups on defense. That's one of the few things you can say about this Texas defense that they just we're, – we're talking about things that you need to improve upon. Getting some stops early in the downs. And, you know, I get Texas playing it safe because they have been burned a couple times, so you're going to try and back off it a little bit. But getting some pressure early 
putting guys behind the chains. We know it's possible because it happens to us constantly. So we'll see how they come out on that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to start reading some of your texts, 512-337-3776. 512-337-3776 is the text line. We are asking you, the poll of the day, what facet, what facet of Texas play this week do you most want to see improved? So which facet? Is it play, is it play calling? Is it pass blocking? Is it uh, penalties? Is it Quinn Ewers and throwing the ball? What is it? Let us know. It's something I'm not mentioning. Something defensively. Let us know. 512-337-3776. We're going to read those texts, and uh, we're going to come back, get into that. And then uh, once we get into the 6 o'clock hour, we'll have some more Texas talk, more uh, more text line, and uh, some NFL talk as well. All coming up here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019, AIM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on a Wednesday afternoon. Reading some of your texts, 512-337-3776. We'll start reading them. We'll get to as many as we can until the top of the hour. Once we get to the top of the hour, then we will take a brother break and we'll come back and read more of your texts. How about that? Uh, we were asking today the biggest uh, pick fat, Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the day. What facet of play of Texas play this weekend do you most want to see improved is uh, the poll of the day. I uh, like uh, from Day Drinker seventy seven special teams as a whole. I've I've not thought special teams was too bad. Uh, I, I've been okay with it. I'd like to see it keep improving. I think Xavier Worthy's brought a spark to it uh, at, at a point in punt returns. I know they don't want to have kickoff returns really as much anymore in college football, so they're trying to you know get away from it. So I don't know how much of the play there. I think we've made some decent defensive plays as well on special teams. So I'm not as worried about special teams as some of the other areas, but they need to keep improving. Jeff Banks is a great coach. He's done really good things. So I, I, I like that Jeff Banks is going to keep this team improving, and he's got the team bought into it, which is a big thing. Just want to see the intensity level high from start to finish. That's a big one. That's a big one. Is energy levels to start the game. They have fixed the energy level at the end of the game. They fixed, you know, fourth quarter. As long, well, as of right now. We say as of right now, three games in. That fourth quarter energy level is at, as good as you can get it right now. But can you get that energy in the first part of the game? Can you start off stronger? Can you start off in the first half, go into halftime with the lead, and then come out in the second half and then produce at that level? Are you going to be able to do that? I agree. I like that one. I would like to see them win and finish with this rivalry with an utmost respect for both teams. Just win. Look, you, yeah, you got to have respect. Go out there, shake hands. You're the better team. Go in there, shake their hands. You've been playing every year for a long, long time. So go ahead, go ahead, go in there and finish. No disrespect. You don't need to. You know, that that's you don't need to do that. So you can go in there with all the respect in the world and just say, we're the number three team in the country. This is why. Go beat them. Uh, I want to see Quinn light it up. I want to see him distribute the ball to all of his receivers, especially J.T. Sanders. Uh, yeah, I, I think that J.T. Sanders is going to be more in the mix. Uh, it, it'll depend. Wyoming really focused on shutting down Xavier Worthy. They really focused on shutting down J.T. Sanders. That was their big goal was if we get away from them, we know Stark's going to game plan for them. We know Quinn's going to look at them more. He should have gone to Jay Witt maybe a few more times in that game. Uh, you know, Maybe try and get over to A.D. Mitchell a little bit more. But I, I will say I, I agree with you. 
that it would be nice to see JT Sanders involved more in the passing game again this week. I think, too, of getting these early starts, a tight end is a great way to get you started early in the week or early in a game uh, in, in those early downs. I know Stark doesn't usually go to it. He likes to kind of reserve JT Sanders a little bit more and kind of set him off once the receivers, once people figure out the receivers, then JT Sanders is wide open. That's kind of how Stark likes to do it, but maybe change it up a bit. You don't always need to do that. I want to see uh, I want to see Quinn be consistently sharp. Yeah, uh, we we want to see Quinn, and that and a lot of that's play calling and what positions you put him in. Uh, you know, giving what's taken. I want to see what his uh, audibles are going to be, and if he can check out of plays and check into run plays and and not try and be the hero, which he hasn't, and you know, kind of set him up in a way that if the defense is going to give you the run. And they're going to try and take away everything and disguise things and give in the pass. Just kind of get the, get the ball out. Not necessarily always have to throw the ball. I know he wants to throw the ball, but you know I'd like to see him be consistently sharp too. I think that the game plan he had against Alabama was good uh, to get uh, Quinn some some reps early and, and get him feeling good. I like all of those things. Get one more and we'll go to break. Uh, first possession TD. I, I like. I will say first two possessions TD. A first possession touchdown may be difficult because Sark has never been good on that first series. Just in the three years he's been here, that first series has not been great. Now his game plan, his script has been good. They will score two or three in the script. But that first drive, for whatever reason, he has not been historically very good at. So we're going to have to see if Sark is going to be able to figure that out as we go. We're going to keep reading your text. 512-337-3776. Your concerns, comments, Whatever you want to talk about Texas football, we're going to talk some Cowboys as well coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, and uh, the bowl of the day, what facet of Texas play do you most want to see improved this week? Send that in, 512-337-3776. we got to take a break. Top of the hour, we'll come back. Got some more talk for you, more text, more talk, more sports complex. Coming up here on The Horn, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn app, and hornfm.com.